third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investment goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor. Statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008 refer to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2011 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting NMWKM Advisors, LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters. And here's your host, Ken Moray. We're in the money. We're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. We are in the money, the skies are sunny, and old man recession, you are about to do us wrong. Well, hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to Money Matters with Ken Morafe. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe, and this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. We talk about the stock market, inflation. We're going to talk about uh, are we in a super bubble? and uh, give you some uh, very, very interesting stuff to ponder upon. We also talk about uh, social security, retirement planning, you name it, we talk about it, and we try to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to have when talking about all of this boring financial stuff. And this week's gonna be no exception because we have an absolutely fantastic show lined up for you. But before we get going, let me introduce myself. I am Ken Morafe, the host of Money Matters with Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. And I am senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. I love it. <laughs> I do. And uh, as the name implies, we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. That means we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, then this show is designed for you. And our website is rpoa.com. And, uh, you know, we have, we kind of, encapsulate our philosophy is that we want you to enjoy your second childhood without parental supervision. That's what we call your retirement. We want you to go play, have fun, enjoy, and not worry about all this boring financial stuff. And so if you go to our website, we have lots of stuff there to help you to make uh, informed decisions, educate yourself. We have uh, the seminars, we have videos, we podcast the show. I encourage you to subscribe. We have tons of content. And uh, so our website, again, is rpoa.com. And uh, we serve over 6,000 beautiful, wonderful families across the United States. And it's just a privilege and an honor. And we're so uh, blessed for that. And if you're not a client, I encourage you to check us out. So um, let me go over with you what we're going to talk about on this our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. So first of all, uh, we talked about this uh, before, but I thought it would be uh, worthy of being uh, revisited. And that is there's this, uh, this uh, famed investor who for decades has called almost every market bubble. 
and his name is Jeremy Grantham, and uh, he predicted the the eighty seven, the two thousand, the two thousand and eight, and he said that this one is potentially bigger and badder than any of the ones that he has predicted before. And so I want to go over with you: Are we in a super bubble, as he calls it, and is it bursting before our eyes? So we'll we talk have a big about show it. for you tonight. <laughs> yeah. You know who that is? That's Ed Sullivan. Does anybody remember Ed Sullivan? Oh, my goodness. Anyway, also this week, we're going to continue in our series of the 18 risks faced in retirement. And this week, we're going to have number two. And guess what it is? It's inflation. <laughs> That's a risk that you can face in inflation. Guess what? Who knew, right? So we'll go over that with you. Also, uh, we're going to continue talking about one of the most important decisions you're going to make financially when if you are of a certain age and that is when and how to take social security so we're going to have social security strategies for married couples and uh, we're going to go over some uh, questions and answers that you guys can provide for me simply by sending me an email ken at rpoa.com and i'll endeavor to answer those questions for you on the air now also this week we're going to talk about bear markets and i think it's always appropriate uh, to talk about bear markets and certainly right now maybe more appropriate than most times and uh one of the things that you know if you go into battle if you go into a, a sporting event uh you know you're gonna uh, take on another team or anything like that the more you know about your opponent the more you know about your enemy the better equipped you're going to be to deal with whatever they're going to throw your way right stands to reason so I want to share with you 10 things you should know about a bear market, okay? 10 things. Now, you know, the other shows, they'll give you what, maybe five or six? I think that's as far as they'll go. We give you the full Monty, ladies and gentlemen, 10 of them. And you know what, Jack? Most shows would stop right there. Most shows would say, you know what? If we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. Somebody stop me. No, don't you dare. Because on this show, do we stop right there? No, we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before. And therefore, at about 10 till, we will have our estate tip of the week. And this week, it's going to be on uh, a question that I think many of you have probably been laying awake at night worrying about. And that is, what is the job of an executor? Yeah, I know. You've been worrying about that. And, and I want you to be able to sleep. I want you to have that answer questions so you can relax. Okay? So we're going to talk about what is the job of an executor. So if you have been named one or are thinking about naming one, we're going to go over what the job is. And I'll tell you what, it is a thankless, unpaid, and high liability job. I, I don't know anybody that would want it, but we'll go over what that is all about at about 10 tails. So we have a fantastic show lined up for you, and I'm sure you'll stay tuned for the entire program. Uh, before we get going, I got to share with you the ongoing saga of my loss of my wife to another man. Uh, he's only eight months old, but he is now her favorite. Okay, he's her, this is our grandson Nathaniel, and uh, they live about three and a half mile, uh, three and a half hours away by car. And my daughter texted us this picture of Nathaniel. And I got to tell you, he looks very cute. It's not even fair. You know, I mean, as I get older, I don't get cuter. But as he gets older, he gets cuter. It's like, he, how do you compete with that? But anyway, my daughter texted this picture. He looks so adorable, and he's all got the cheeks and the eyes, and he's looking in the camera, and he's just so sweet. And my, daughter, and my wife uh, immediately texted back, I'll be there tomorrow. 
<laughs> so she got in a car and she drove out there. That's all they took. Text her a picture. And she's like, I got to go squeeze those cheeks. I got to go kiss that baby. I got to go. I'm leaving. See you. See you later. And Stop I'm whining. <laughs> I've been married 37 years. I've been the apple of her eye. And now she doesn't even know who I am. It's like little Nathaniel has, has stolen the spotlight. Anyway, I want to go over with you uh, this uh, Jeremy Grantham, who is, is a very famous investor. Um, and he's the co-founder of Boston Asset Management. And, uh, you know, he predicted the 2000 to 2008. Uh, I mean, he's been around for a long time and a very successful uh, uh, predictor of bubbles, basically. Uh, and he said that he thinks we are in a super bubble. And he says it's only the fourth of the past century. And uh, he said 1929, the 2000, 2008, and then he said he thinks this one is, is the fourth one. Um, and he said that the S&P could go down to a level of 2,500, which is right now it's, uh, it's way above that, okay? And he says, I wasn't quite as certain about this bubble a year ago as I have been as I had been about the tech bubble, or as I had been about Japan, or as I had been about the housing bubble in 2007. He said, however, I, feel high, I felt highly likely, but perhaps not nearly certain. Today, I feel it is just about nearly certain. So he says the first tr sign of trouble came in February when dozens of speculative stocks began falling. Uh, one of the big ones uh, you guys may know about is Kathy Wood with her ARK Innovation ETF, which is down 90 or 78 or something percent year to date. Uh, next, he said the Russell 2000, which is mid-cap stocks, typically outperforms, started to fall below the, the uh, S&P 500. And then he said, finally, you got to look at crazy investor behavior. And he said, when you start looking at, you know, those people that were buying all the, the, the bit, like Bitcoin, for example, the frenzy over meme stocks, um, you know, the Robin Hood people that were buying up all the, the GameStop and all that kind of stuff. He says, when you start seeing crazy behavior like that, that's when you know that you're in a bubble. And he said, this could rival the impact of the dual collapse of Japanese stocks and real estate in the 80s. And he says, not only are equities in a super bubble, he said that bonds are no better off because now the Fed's going to be raising interest rates and that's going to make bonds not really a good place to invest in his opinion. So he's, uh, he's got some pretty uh, uh, strong opinions and basically he's saying that we could see the S&P drop by over 45% from peak to trough and right now it's down about 19 or thereabouts. So my question to you ladies and gentlemen is what, what, given that kind of an outlook, whether you agree with it or not, the fact that uh, a very informed and smart guy who's done a good job of predicting things in the past doesn't guarantee the future, but given such an outlook, and many others, Goldman Sachs says essentially the same, and uh, JP Morgan, um, Bank of America, a lot of the big banks are saying the same thing. So with that kind of an outlook, sh would it not be prudent on your part to think about protecting what you've got, or at least having a game plan for that? And, you know, diversification in, 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 in a world where bonds and stocks are going down is, is, is probably not going to help. And so maybe cash is king. Now, our strategy is called invest and protect. And our strategy said to sell in November of 2007 before the, the 2008 stock market crash. So we'll take a little credit for being uh, kind of on the same uh, page maybe as uh, Jeremy Grantham was for 2008. Our strategy said to sell uh, in March of last uh, of 2020, the, the, literally the day before the pandemic was announced. And so 
you know, we believe that growth is important, but protection of principle is even more important. So if you are within five years of your retirement or you are already retired, how important is it to you to protect what you've got? Because that's going to su support you during your, your retirement. And if you lose lots of money, as Jerry Grantham thinks you will, and as Goldman thinks you will, and others do, then perhaps you should think about having a strategy to address that. So if you go to our website, rpoa.com, you've got lots of options there. You can attend our seminars. We have uh, virtual seminars. Uh, they're free for those of you who are over 50. Uh, you could also, uh, uh, we have uh, videos. We have podcasts that you can listen to. Uh, you can visit with one of our retirement planners. We'll build a customized plan just for you. We'll look over your, all the s decisions you need to make with Social Security and other things, and we'll help you to build that plan. No charge or obligation there either. So take advantage of all the resources, the content, we want to help as many people as we can to achieve that second childhood without parental supervision. So our, our website again is rpoa.com. We are back. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. And I am senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. And uh, we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. We work with over 6,000 beautiful, wonderful families across the United States. We are so thankful. Ooh la la. As I always say, they are our, our beloved and most valued clients. And uh, if you're not a client, our website is uh, rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. And if you go there, we podcast the show. I encourage you to subscribe. Uh, we, also, it's, uh, we also have our, our market alert video, which we put out every week, and uh, it's free. Uh, we have, uh, we have uh, videos, podcasts. We have all kinds of stuff there to help you to achieve your second childhood without parental supervision. That's what we call your retirement. We want you to enjoy, have fun, whatever that means to you. We want to help facilitate that. And while we're at it, we want your money to last as long as you do. Uh, we actually had a survey. We asked our clients, do you want your money to last longer than you or do you want it to last as long as you do? And we had a large percentage of clients saying, you know what? If it lasts just as long as me, I've done my job. <laughs> After that, the kids are on their own. So, <laughs> so we want your money to last as long as you do, and we want you to have financial peace of mind, and that's what we're all about on this show. Now, when you're an investor, you're basically in the risk business, and when you retire, your risk levels go way up. And the reason why is, in our view, and the reason why is because if you, when you are retired, presumably you, you now have limited sources of income, and now you're living on your money, and maybe you have Social Security, but then beyond that, you've got your investments to make up the difference of what you need to live on. And so now you're in the risk mitigation business. You've got to protect what you've built. When you were younger and you're putting in your 401k and you're saving and you're investing and you're doing all that stuff, if, if you lost all your money, it would be a tragedy, but you've got your wages to cover you. So your risk level in, in, in a bad market or all that kind of thing is not as acute as when you are retired and now you've got to live on that money for the rest of your life. And so the, since the risk levels go up, in our view, it's a different dynamic. You need to be looking at it from the standpoint, you know, if, if, if you were the coach of a football team, I would say that when you are, uh, when you're not retired, you're the offensive coordinator of your uh, investments. But once you retire, now you become the defensive coordinator. Your job is to keep the other team from scoring on you and, and hold on to the lead that you've got and just uh, shut the other team down. And so therefore facing risks. So this week uh, we have our number two of the 18 risks that you face when you're in retirement. 
Uh, and this week we talk about inflation. Now, of course, everybody knows that inflation is, is risky. Um, and one of the things that is, is important is that, you know, when you're working, again, inflation is not as much of a risk because, in theory, your wages are going up. You know, that kind of thing is happening. Once you retire, though, your investments now have to pay for a much higher cost of living. And the problem that it also creates is, uh, and if you look at previous times, the, the, the most notable one was in 1982 and 81 when we had very, very high inflation in this country. What happened was that the inflation got so high that the consumer shut down and when the consumer, they couldn't afford to buy stuff. And when that happens, since 70% of our economy is consumer spending, the economy went into a deep recession. The stock market went way down. And so you have a situation where you have high cost of living and your investments are falling at the same time that are supposed to give you the income that you need. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> That's pretty depressing right there. Thanks a lot, Jack. <laughs> the Terminator. <laughs> so one of the things, there, there are several things that, that uh, we believe you can do to, uh, to offset inflation. One is to plan ahead for it, and I think probably that's the most important one. And so one of the, the things that we do with clients, and, and if you came in to visit with us as a prospective client, uh, we do what's called the RCFP, our Retirement Cash Flow Plan. And in that plan, what we do is we look at the sources of income that you have, and that could be Social Security. Some of you may have uh, some rental property or you have uh, you know, royalties or you're working part-time, whatever it may be. You have sources of income during your retirement. We want to look at all of the expenses that you have. Uh, you know, if you're from your standard expenses like food and shelter and all the rest, but then also the fun stuff and maybe you give to your church or you support your kids, pay for college, whatever it may be. We want to look at all those things. And then what we want to do is we want to apply an inflation assumption to that. And we want your cost of living. We want to look at your cost of living and, and, and project forward that it's going to go up. But it goes up differently as you get older. You know, the old thing is that in the first decade of your retirement, you've got golf, golf, golf. In the second decade, you got golf and golf. And the third decade, you got golf. <laughs> okay. So the rate of your, your cost of living as you get older tends to slow down. And in our experience, we have clients, you know, who are in their 80s and 90s even. And as they, as they, and, and you know, we, these clients have been with us for decades, literally. And as, as these, uh, uh, you know, as they get older, we found that their cost of living doesn't go up as rapidly. So what we do when we project cost of living in retirement is we have a higher inflation uh, for people during their first 10 years of, of retirement. We have a less high rate of inflation in the second decade, and then we have a lower but still inflationary uh, th uh, third decade. The reality is, though, that once you get into your late 70s and into your 80s, your cost of living tends to stabilize. You know, people actually, if you think of your parents, if they're in their 80s, they probably spend less now than they did when they were 60. So th that inflation, how you plan for that, how you project for that, and then determining how much you can spend today, given that your cost of living is going to go up with inflation, assuming that's the case, how do you project against that? So that's what we do with clients, with prospects, and we adjust for that as, as we go. You know, there's, there's no cast in stone. Once you, you project conservatively, then what you do is every time you revisit it, you re-project, again, conservatively. We want to over-project on inflation, and that way we can build what we call a semi-worst-case scenario. Because if you're okay under that scenario, you should be okay under something better. So we want to plan for the worst, hope for the best, not 
plan for the best and hope the worst doesn't happen. And that we don't think is very wise. So um, if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, I'd like to offer you the ability to meet with one of our retirement planners. And if you do that, we'll sit down with you. We'll build that retirement cash flow plan with you. We'll tell you how, if you're taking uh, enough or not or too much risk. We'll talk about our, our protection strategy, our invest and protect strategy, which, which told us to sell in November of 2007 before the big uh, crash of 2008. Uh, we'll tell you, uh, uh, we'll help you with social security decisions, when, how to take that. That obviously impacts your cash flow during your retirement. And if you, if you make a mistake there, it could give you less cash flow than otherwise. Uh, we want to talk about income taxes with you, everything that affects that cash flow in the context of an overall plan to beat inflation over the rest of your lifetime. So risk number two is inflation. Make sure you address it. Okay. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I think it is too. And by the way, in case I didn't say it, the way you can do that is you can go to our website. It's rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com and uh, click on meet with an advisor and we'll be glad to sit down with you. No charge or obligation. And whatever happens, we'll part friends. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayf. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf. Thank you, Jack. And I am senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. And uh, we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning, which means that we work with the most wonderful people in the entire universe. We work with people who are over 50, who are retired, retiring soon. And if that is you, then this show is designed for you. And uh, we now work with over 6,000 beautiful, wonderful families. Wow! Yes, and we are so privileged, we are so blessed, and we're so thankful. And uh, to all you clients, we love you. We thank you. Uh, for those of you who are not clients, our website is rpoa.com. I encourage you to go there. You can uh, subscribe, podcast the show, subscribe to our market alert video we send out every week. Gives us your, gives you your our, our latest thinking. You can attend seminars. You can watch videos. Yeah, all kinds of good stuff. And uh, all at no charge or obligation and all designed for those of you who are in that, in that very, very, very important decade, which is the five years before you retire and the five years after you retire. That 10-year period, we believe, is the single most important decade of your life. And we want to help you to navigate through that and have a successful outcomes. So our website, again, is rpoa.com. So this is the segment of the show where we talk about Social Security. And uh, we're in a series uh, of, of uh, Social Security strategies for married couples. Okay, so we're going to be talking about that for a while. And this is uh, number seven in our series. And so you guys can make my life easy. All you have to do is uh, send me a question with regard to Social Security, and I will endeavor to answer that uh, for you on the air. And that way I don't have to spend a lot of time uh, uh, writing the show. I'm lazy. What can I tell you? So first question. I have been on Social Security disability since 2008. Okay, and the current amount that I am receiving is $2,363. Okay, uh, what number should we use when doing spousal planning? So I guess what the, the question here is my wife, if she's going to take a, a benefit based on mine, and a wife uh, or a spouse, I should say, can get their own Social Security or their spouse's or half of their spouses, whichever is the higher, but that's not always the case. It depends. Uh, so I think that's what this question is about. So the answer is you use the $2,363 that is your primary insurance amount for determining how much your, your wife will get 
uh, half of. Okay, so that the answer is the 2,363. All right, question number two. I am 64 and I'm claiming my own benefit. My husband is 75 and has been claiming since he was 66. Could I switch to get my spousal benefit instead of my own? Okay, so she's asking here, her husband's older, he's getting higher than her. She's uh, 64 and she's been collecting her benefit. Can she switch to half of her husband's? The answer is no. Okay, once you've filed for your own benefits, you can only add what's called your spousal benefit. Okay, so you can't really switch. So if your original amount, which if you start at 64, is going to be lower, then the amount you'll get will not be the full half of his, okay? Because you started when you were under your age 66, I'm using as your primary insurance age, okay? So you like that one, huh? <laughs> So if I have not illustrated to you that Social Security is complicated, then I don't, I've done a bad job here because uh, I've, I've, I've tried to answer these questions for you as, as clearly as I can. Uh, but it, I think you can see that this is not something that you should do by yourself at home. You should talk to a professional. Social Security, uh, the actual Social Security website says there are over 9,000 combinations of how and when you can take Social Security if you add them all up. So which one is right for you? Uh, you know, you're different, your ages are different, your income's different, your health is different, your life is different, your tax bracket is different. There are so many factors that go into determining uh, when and how to take Social Security. So what I would encourage you to do is not make it in a vacuum. Talk to a professional. Now, our retirement planners are trained in Social Security. We train them every year on what, what the new laws are. Uh, we also uh, have them uh, We take a test to make sure that they're knowledgeable about it and they can serve our clients properly so we want I don't know how to say I thank you except I thank you well Frankie you are welcome so we want to help you to make the right decision and you know if you don't make the right decision when it comes to Social Security you know if you leave $300 a month on the table that over your lifetime could be a hundred thousand dollars you know or more so you're leaving a lot of money on the table and we don't want that to happen so if you go to our website it's rpoa.com and uh, we have articles and videos and uh, podcasts about social security that you can watch listen and read I don't think I said that in the right order but you can do that uh, or you can attend our seminars we have seminars on social security or better yet click on meet with an advisor if you do that we'll schedule a time to visit with you and we'll help you to build your retirement plan now we'll talk about social security but we want to put it in the context of an overall plan so we're gonna to need to know what your income is and we need to know a lot of information so we can build the plan that social security is part of to help you to achieve what we call your second childhood without parental supervision we want your money to last as long as you do and a very important component of that is making the right decisions when it comes to Social Security. So we can, if we can help you, we'd love to do that. So our website again is rpoa.com. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayf, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf. <laughs> Thank you, Jack, and I am Senior Retirement Planner and Founder of Retirement Planners of America. Love that. And uh, as the name implies, we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning, which means that we work primarily with people who are within five years of retirement or who are within the first five years of their retirement. So that 10-year period, we believe, is the single most important decade of your entire financial life. And uh, many studies have shown there's this thing called uh, sequential risk. 
And sequential risk means when do you experience large losses? And what many of these studies have shown is that if you experience large losses early in your retirement, it is significantly worse than if you experience them later in your retirement. So we're going to talk about that here. But first, let me introduce myself. As I said, I am Ken Murray, the host. And uh, our website is rpoa.com, and that's uh, where you can go to podcast this show. I encourage you to subscribe. Uh, you can get our market alert video. We send it out weekly with our latest thinking on what's going on with this crazy world we're in. Uh, we also talk about, uh, you can also attend our seminars. We have uh, retirement planning seminars, Social Security. Um, we have uh, videos on all of the above. Lots of resources available to you. You can meet with a retirement planner and build your plan. So all kinds of stuff available to you. No charge or obligation. And I encourage you to do that. So it's rpoa.com. Now, we have a foundational philosophy, which is that growth is important. However, protection of principle is even more important. And the reason why we say that is because if you're going to retire and the money you have is going to support you for the rest of your life, then protecting that is incredibly important in our view. You're a persistent cuss, Pilgrim. I am, Duke. And so therefore, <laughs> see how I took that one in stride? And so therefore, we believe that you should, yes, you should buy, yes, you should hold, but you should also sell. We believe you should have all three. And if you have only two, buy and hold, we believe that you have a very, it's like a three-legged stool and you're missing one of the legs. Very unstable, not very good. And so we have our investment, our strategy is called invest and protect. And uh, you can learn about that on our website, rpoa.com. Uh, but we believe, as I said, that growth is important, but uh, protecting your principal is even more important. Now, one of the worst enemies you have to your uh, principal is a bear market. And so what I want to go with you now uh, over with you now is uh, 10 things that you should know about one of the worst enemies you have to your financial well-being, which is bear markets. Okay? So let's start off with some stats, okay? So the first thing is that what is a bear market? Well, the technical term for a bear market is an investment, this, uh, an index like the the Dow or the S&P or even an individual stock. When it drops 20% or more from its previous peak, that is now called a bear market for either the stock market or for that stock itself. Now, how much do stocks lose on average in a bear market? Well, the answer is 36%. Over the last, uh, uh, since, over the last 100 years, there have been 33 bear markets, and so they're, they're kind of normal. <laughs> uh, that's the third thing you should know about them. They're, they're like you know, they're like winter, they come, you got to expect them. Uh, and they lose an average of 36% in a bear market. Now, of course, 2008 was a 57 percenter. Uh, Y2K was a 49 uh, percenter. So average doesn't mean every one of them is the same. Some of them are, are less and some are more. And so always be aware that it's possible it could be w way more than the average. Bear markets tend to last. The average uh, uh, is about 299 days. Uh, so that's about 10 months. So they, they last you know, a little under a year, but boy, is that a painful year to live through. For those of you who lived through Y2K, lived through 2008, you know what I'm talking about. It's like this endless series of punches in the gut. It's awful. And that's why we believe that you should not experience one. You should have a strategy to protect yourself against that. Uh, now, the, the bear markets have been less frequent since World War II, which is kind of interesting. Uh, 
and and I, we believe one of the th reasons for it is that the Federal Reserve has jumped into the last five bear markets very quickly. They jump in, they throw money at it, trillions of dollars, and of course uh, that is, is eventually potentially inflationary, but at the time it feels good. Um, number seven here is that one of the things that, that uh, give people a lot of comfort, I guess, in a bear market is when there are these huge up days. And if you look at the top 20 up days of the market, the S&P 500 or the Dow, and you go back all the way to the Great Depression, what you'll find is that of those 20 big up days, almost every single one of them, I think only one of them, 2017, uh, but every one of the other 19 of them happened during a, a bear market. 1929, 1933, you know, 1987, etc. So when you have these huge up days, that's not necessarily a good thing. That may be a sign that you're in a bear market and don't even know it. Um, the other thing that's interesting, this is number eight, is that bear markets don't necessarily indicate an economic recession. All right. If you go back, for example, to uh, Y2K's uh, bear market, um, it was a massive drop. And it was primarily driven by technology stocks, which went down in the order of 90% and took the whole market down with them. However, we didn't have a big bad recession in Y2K. The economy was generally okay. Um, so it's not necessarily – bear markets don't always occur when you're in a recession or you have a bad economic time. It can be uh, driven by other factors. Now, the other thing is that, you know, we hope that you'll live a long time during your retirement. So if you live 30 years in your retirement and the average is one every three years, the, the chances say that you might live through 10 of them. And 10 times you could see for one year, approximately, you'd lose 36% on your equities. And again, that's why we believe you should have a strategy to protect against that. Oh, I'm so scared. And uh, so, and, and number 10 is uh, about bear markets is that if you are taking, if you are retired, and you are drawing money from your investments while the market is going down during that bear market, you know, then what could happen is that you actually think about it. If, if, if you need $100 and the share price of your investment is, is a dollar, then, then you need 100 shares. But if the share price of your investment is dropped to, to, you know, to half of that, then you need to sell 200 shares to get the same money. So basically what you're doing is you're selling a larger and larger amount of your investment to get the same income. And that's what farmers call eating your seed corn. And if you do enough of that, when growth season comes, you may not have any seed corn left to plant. And that would be tragic. So that's why we believe that you should invest and protect and not just buy and hold and hope, so, and hope that you don't run out of money before the, the bear market ends. So uh, if you go to our website, you can learn more about that. You can talk with one of our retirement planners. We have lots of stuff on there that will go over with you our strategy of having your money last as long as you do. We want you to have peace of mind about that. So our website, again, is rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe, and, of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. And I am senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. And uh, we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning, which means that we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, then this show is designed for you. Our firm is designed to help you achieve what we call your second childhood without parental supervision. To infinity and beyond. Yes, indeed. And we currently uh, serve over 6,000 beautiful 
beautiful, wonderful families, and we are so honored and privileged. We love our clients. We are so grateful. And if you're not a client, again, our website is rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. You can uh, podcast this show. You can subscribe to our Market Alert video. You can attend seminars, watch, read articles, all kinds of content, meet with the retirement planner and construct your own plan. We have lots of resources available to you on our website. So go there, rpoa.com. All right, this is the part of the show where we talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor, uh, which is also known as estate planning. Now, this week, what I want to talk with you about is what is the job of an executor? Okay, so if you're in the process of deciding who the executor should be, or if you are an executor and now suddenly you're put in a position of having to do that job, uh, perhaps it's important for you to know what that's all about. But before we do that, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire and of course that is Tony Bennett with rags to riches and the state taxes and probate and all that kind of stuff they're actually designed to do the exact opposite. We don't want that to happen to you, which is to take you from riches to rags. So therefore, every week at this time, we have our estate tip of the week. Now, this week, we're going to talk about what is the job of an executor. So if you've been named the executor of a deceased person's estate, uh, you're going to find yourself with a job that few people are prepared for, and I dare say most people don't want, okay? Uh, you may want to read, the American Bar Association has a book, it's called The Guide to Wills and Estates. It's sort of kind of written for practitioners, but I think if you're a layperson, you probably can get some good stuff out of that. So you might want to get that book and read that, but let me give you some stuff, all right? So first of all, the executor uh, is a person named in the will to carry out the wishes of the deceased person. Okay, so they're in charge of what's going to happen after the person has deceased. So now, the thing about it that you have to be aware of if you're going to do this is that if an executor mismanages the estate, the funds, and it res results in a loss to the beneficiaries, the executor can be found, are you sitting down? personally liable. So if you take on the role of the uh, executor and something goes wrong, you are personally liable. Your brothers and sisters the or the beneficiaries, your, grand your, your children, whoever it may be that is the beneficiary, they could sue you and you are personally liable for that. So if I were you, I would think very uh, long and hard and maybe even get some insurance uh, if, if, if you're going to be the executor. Now, it is also the job of the executor to locate, manage, and dis disburse the assets of the estate. So you got to go find everything. You got to know where it all is. You got to manage it during the transition between the time that the person died and the distribution to the beneficiaries. So you got to manage the money, locate it, and then disperse the assets. Now, you're also going to be in charge of paying the debts of the deceased person uh, because those become debts of the estate and they must be paid first before anybody can receive any of the money. Okay. Now, 
The other thing is that you, you will be in charge of paying the estate taxes. You'll need to create a new bank account for the estate, assuming there are estate taxes. Uh, and also, you'll, you'll pay for funerals and all those kind of things out of that same bank account. So you'll create a new bank account in the name of the estate, and that will be used to pay for all the stuff. You're in charge of that. You're writing checks and all of that. Make sure if you're going to do all this, you document every single thing that you do. Oh, very interesting. Yes. Document it all. Keep a diary. Make sure you, you, you can prove to everybody that everything you did was, you know, with good faith, honest to the, to the nth degree because of what I said before. If you mismanage the estate, you are personally liable. And so for that reason, I don't think I'd want to be anybody's executor, to be honest. <laughs> Unless I'm the only beneficiary, right? When, when my mother died, I was the executor, and I was also the only beneficiary. So I can be, you know, chances are I'm not going to, like, sue myself. So I took, I took on that job. So, but you know what? If you're if you are the the responsible one with your siblings, then uh, and everybody loves each other, then I guess uh, that's that's your job. So, um, estate planning, as I said, is complicated. Make sure that you talk with your uh, attorneys or retirement or, or uh, specialists about all that. Uh, certainly, we'd love to visit with you. Uh, we're, we are, we are not attorneys. We don't draft documents, but we have been around the block a few times, and we can help you to kind of think about the things that are mostly important and then when you talk with somebody about it uh, you can have an idea and perhaps save yourself some legal fees on the learning curve uh, and we'd love to sit down with you and, and talk about that with you so cool. yes so how, how do you do all that well you go to our website it's rpoa.com and when you're there click on meet with an advisor if you click on that, then we'll schedule a time to visit with you. We'll do it either uh, virtually or in person. We're doing both. And uh, what we'll do with you is we'll build your entire retirement plan that your estate planning is, is built into, okay? Because what you do during your lifetime will affect what happens after you're gone, and we want to uh, help you to plan on both ends of that, okay? So if you go to our website, rpoa.com, click on Meet with an Advisor, we'll do it with you, no charge or obligation. And if we can help you, fantastic. And if not, that's fine too. Either way, there's no charge, no obligation, and we will part friends. Oh dear, that's too wonderful to be true. Well, Dorothy, it's not too wonderful to be true because it is true. Well, anyway, the show's over already. Gosh, I cannot believe how fast it's gone. I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed making it for you. We'll see you next week, same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody. Of course not. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned. None of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Morafe or MMWKM Advisors LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.